Welcome back, everybody, to another episode of the JMO Podcast. I'm your host, Taylor Michaels. Our guest this week, we've got Matt Johnson from Matt Johnson Outdoors back on the show. We've had Matt on before. You know, I've kind of explained his resume a little bit. If you're new here, Matt Johnson, uh, he's a longtime fishing guide. He works at Clam Outdoors as well and manages Ice Team Pro Staff over there at Clam. You know, Matt's just an all-around industry guy, and he's got a very, a very unique perspective. He's being exposed to fishing on a high level from all kinds of different angles. He's always around good top anglers and always learning, and Matt's just a heck of a stick, and he's always fun to talk to. High-energy guy. That's what I get out of it. You know, I, I just really get jacked up for fishing every time I get a chance to talk to Matt because he's just always ready to go and uh, you know a lot of the conversations with Matt typically revolve around those metro lakes down there uh, in Minnesota where things can be tough it's you know an area that's highly populated a lot of high pressured lakes a lot of high pressured fish and and so it it comes with a lot of you know to be successful thinking outside the box pretty regularly you got to kind of zig and zag at the right times to be successful not just for catching fish but catching quality fish as well as numbers and and so that's really what I get out of this conversation with Matt this this week as we're talking about you know referencing this year and what the bite's been like this year and all the all the adjustments that and decisions that it's that it's uh, taken to be successful uh, day in and day out on the water for Matt this year he spent a lot of spent a lot of days on the water this year and, uh, you know, that being said, though, we round this show out just kind of talking about how, especially in areas where getting around this year, the conditions were tough to get around this year on the ice. And if you're struggling, feeling like you didn't get enough ice fishing in, the forecast is, uh, you know, we've got a lot of ice season left and arguably some of the best ice season left. So between now and ice out, is a very exciting time if you're down in the metro anywhere you are in the midwest if you had tough conditions this year you didn't get a ton of days out there getting around was tough the bite was tough for you you know what better days ahead so uh, a lot of good energy for what has been but especially what is yet to come in this ice season in this conversation with matt johnson we're kind of getting into some of the late ice talks you know we might not necessarily um quantify our where we're at right now as late ice but um you know it it, late ice is kind of a thing right now we're kind of that's kind of what we're forecasting for that's what's on the horizon so um you know give me a little bit of update on the season kind of get me updated to now kind of how your year has gone down there um and uh, where you've been fishing and what it's been like yeah it's funny dude because i'll tell you what you mentioned uh late ice and we're not there yet but man you could fool me you're looking at the conditions and the weather and man we had an inch and a half of rain yesterday uh you know what what i'll tell you though right now is i got a lot of people hitting me up especially with this recent rain thinking it's over right well it's far from over uh, i mean i get it I, I live in the ice fishing world right I, that's where, where i reside and i'm a student of it and, and I'm, I'm addicted i'm obsessed this rain really didn't put a, a major hurting on our ice. What it did is it melted all the snow and it puddled up a bit. So people are looking out on the lakes here in the Twin Cities and they're thinking, it's done. Look at all that water. Well, that's just standing water on top of the lakes. That's the water pooling up. That's the snow melting. The ice really hasn't been touched for the most part. You're seeing some accesses and some some marinas close down their access. And what they're doing, honestly, is to preserve it. They don't want people driving through it so it gets a chance to harden again 
Uh, so, you know, I, my big message to start this off right away is, yeah, we've had interesting conditions this year. Yeah, it's been mild. I totally get it. But we still got good ice. We still got a lot of ice fishing ahead of us. It's the middle of February. I mean, we're not calling our quits anytime soon. So that's one message I wanted to get across to everyone listening right away is, uh, you know, cancel the doom, doom and gloom theory here. We, uh, we got ice. It's going to be here for a while. We got a big cold snap coming in the next couple of days in the Twin Cities and all of next week. So uh, that would be my advice. Uh, don't hang it up yet. But the conditions, dude, like you said, yeah, we are seeing an abnormal year. In 20 years of guiding, I don't know if I've seen a year quite like this where we had uh, such the extreme. <clears throat> you know, we had the the ice build up right away. Then we had all that snow on top of it. And then we had the the stalled ice growth, you know, all these things that can happen. Then the warm conditions, then the melt, then this – you know, that's, that's just kind of how the games play. What I can tell you, and, and we'll, I'm sure we'll dive into fish behaviors and activities and all that as we chat through this podcast, you know, but what I can tell you is, is it's forced us to adapt. Uh, the biggest term I think I throw out there a lot this year when I'm talking to people is, is the willingness to adapt. And I think if you're not willing to adapt, whether it's finding a new lake to fish, whether it's how you access the lake, whether it's uh, your strategy, whether it's your target species, whether it's a number of things, if you're just going to stick to your laurels and go, I'm going to beat my head against the wall, fish the exact same way I fished last year, go to the exact same spot on the exact same lakes, and I tell you what, they better happen, you're going to be disappointed. Oh, we yeah. Have a ton of weed growth in the shallow water, and that's due to the l- lack of light penetration. We have all that snow. Uh, well, we did have all that snow when the weeds needed to keep flourishing and growing, and it just didn't happen. So the weeds are in a definite different spot than they ever should be this in, in the winter time. So what that does is we see our fish, they're, they're roaming the basin. They're on the first breaks, they're on the basins, they're moving, they're fast, uh, you have to chase them. So there are some strategy strategy things in play. Uh, you know, the the snowmobiles, the ATVs, that kind of stuff got a lot of attention this year. We are starting to drive trucks out. We have been the last couple of weeks here in the Twin Cities. Uh, again, all, all lakes are not created equal, though, as you know. So you'll want to always err on the side of caution. I'm not saying that to scare anybody. I'm just saying it's just the nature of the beast. You always want to pay attention to things, um, see uh, how the lake looks, maybe ask a, a bait shop a local gas station that sells bait that might have a finger on the pulse, a local fishing store, uh, you know, maybe up social media and say, Hey, I'm going to go out to Lake Minnetonka. Anyone seen anything going on in this bay or that bay things I should stay away from. Usually somebody hops on and is like, Hey dude, yeah, stay away from that Island. The ice is suspect most years, or yeah, maybe you want to access it up here by said such and such beach. It's a nicer launch. So use your network, but, adapt adaptation to adapt is probably the big thing this season yeah and you know every year it's like that there's just sort of like you know the flavor is is just a little bit different every year for you looking back at this year like at what point in time did you start to feel oh this is different like the patterns were different or you were operating differently like you felt yourself making having to make those decisions like was it early on or has it kind of been like like a slow burning winter for you it was pretty early on because we got that ice pretty early. I mean, we had some cold weather. We had some lakes locking up on par with what an average year would look like. And we got that three, four, five inches of good ice. And then we got dumped on with like 14 inches of snow. And and it waterlogged the ice. It sunk it. It made things change. Getting around was, dude, I, I, 
I don't know if I've worked out harder in a gym than I did ice fishing in December because of the lack of ice, uh, machines getting stuck, trudging through, let's call it soggy mashed potatoes. Your boots are stuck moving and your, your, your hip muscles are sore and everything. And, and, and what I saw was, is it definitely put a squeeze on the fish. I think there was so much pressure, literally, from the weight of the snow pushing down in that ice. I think that entire lake, uh, they were, it was being compressed. That ice was actually, I don't want to say sinking, but it was to some capacity bowing. Like as you got out further from the shore, you could see the amount of water that would come up when you'd walk around. And that's because of the weight of that snow on that, let's call it relatively thin ice. You know, that four or five inches of ice can support a lot, right? It can support you and me. It can support our ATV. But I don't know, you really can adequately support a foot of snow uniform across the entire lake. <laughs> That's a, that is an insane amount of weight if you think about it. So when you cut a hole or do anything, yeah, that water's got no place to go but up. But that ice is also being pushed down. And if we don't think the fish can feel that pressure, that pressure change, just a number of different variables I think we're fools to believe that doesn't affect fish. And we saw it. We saw the activity, uh, whether we're staring at our Vexlar, whether we're staring at our cameras, our sonar units. You can just see how the fish were a little more skittish and or negative, like come up real slow to your bait. I mean, you had to coax them a little more at times where usually they're just kamikazes. So, yeah, we saw a change in activity level, uh, fish behavior right out of the gate. And that's kind of why I continue with that theme of adapt because – what I learned this year right away was, okay, throw the playbook out the window. Uh, we have to be, uh, we got to zig when we should zag a lot right now. And we had to find different ways and, and things, ways to target fish and chase fish and locations and, and fish behavior. It's not enough just to find the fish. Now, how do we get them to bite? Where half the game of ice fishing is just finding the fish because they're usually going to bite, right? Now it wasn't, it was like, man, I'm finding fish. I am on fish. I am on schools. This is the juice. And they don't want to eat. Um, it's changed. I would actually say it's gotten better. We are seeing some more stable fishing patterns. I mean, these fish still are staying deep. They're not up in the weeds. The fish never left the basin. They're in there. They are moving, but they're kind of doing what they should be doing. You get on a school, they bite, they're active. I, so I think we're seeing a little more stability now. Uh, things are getting back to, you know, 18, 20 inches of ice, not enough snow to drive around where you want. So now you're starting to see what we should be seeing here in midwinter. Um, but I have not been out since we got this rain. So I don't know if I'm going to insert foot in my mouth tomorrow. I'm hitting the ice the next four days pretty hard. They did a complete 180 and this, you know, it's, it's, uh, it's struggle bus central, but I tell you what, man, we, I, I was out twice this week already. Um, we hit a lot of different lakes. We struggled. We struggled to catch numbers, uh, caught some extremely big fish, some, some trophy caliber fish, but we struggled to get numbers to go. And what I noticed was these little wolf packs of crappies or whatever are moving so fast. Uh, you look at them with forward facing sonar and it's like, you're just, you're, they're moving. You, you can't stay on them. And that's been a theme I've heard from many of my fellow guide buddies in the twin cities is, holy cow, these fish are just moving so incredibly fast that it's, it's so tough to stay on them. So that's been something of late. We'll see if that continues, but that's been kind of the pattern for our basin crappies is get your running shoes on, get the auger, be ready to work.
Yeah. And, you know, I just, I'm so excited that we're kind of unpacking this conversation the way we are. And you said it where, uh, you know, the conditions on the ice, I feel like, you know, for any, for any average guy or, or, you know, or just, you know, the, you look at the anglers that are on the ice, I feel like everybody's just really distracted by the conditions and they're just not making the fishing adjustments, um, that they could still salvage a decent day of fishing. Um, you know, but, uh, but like you said, the conditions are evening out. It might be our chance to strike here. You know, this might be the best time for us to have a conversation. If we had a conversation a month ago, it would have just been a podcast complaining about slush and nobody would have learned anything from it, you know? Yeah, no, um, you're right. Everyone wants the easy button. Everyone wants, they they just want that easy button. And, and unfortunately, that easy button has been blown to shreds this year. We just don't have it. So, but what I can tell you is the guys and gals that are out there doing it, and, and yes, it's going to be a little more work this year. Sure. I mean, I think we're leveling out now, like you said, where the work, it might be a little easier, but the rewards been there. Like we've been on some incredible bites. We've been on some, and we've had spots to ourselves. Oh yeah. Because of the lack of, I mean, if you go out on it, some of these popular lakes, now you look at Lake Minnetonka and some other lakes. Yeah. There's hundreds of ice castles and people are living lake life, but you go on some of these other lakes that usually have 20, 30 ice castles on them. There's none, zero, none. Like there's no one on the lake. And I'm looking at, I drove out on a couple of lakes earlier this week on great 20 inches of ice, beautiful ice. Great. And I'm looking around and there's not a single ice castle on the lake, a hard shack, not a single one. And I'm like, man, there's usually a shanty town of a dozen or 15 there and usually 20 over there. And there's no one out there. And, and, and I think it's because of what you just said, everyone's so concerned about the conditions. Uh, they think the ice is poor. They're like, I'm going to get stuck. And, you know, we, we have good ice. Things are progressing, you know, but I, 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 I sympathize with all sides. To be yeah. I mean, oh yeah. Here we are middle of February. Uh, there's two more weekends left to have a hard shack on the ice here in the Twin Cities, right? And you got to have them off. So if you haven't done it yet, I could see people going, you know what? You know, maybe I chalk this one up as a loss. It, it's a major bummer, but it is what it is. I, I totally understand. I can understand that way of thought. But what I'm trying to let people know is get out there and chase. I mean, the bite's there. Like it's picking, it's it's happening again. We have good ice. We have opportunity if you are in that ice fishing wheelhouse and, and that has been what you've yearned for all year, right? I mean, this is, this is it. It's happening. And, and not, yeah, it's not the second week of March. It's the second week of February. Like we're going to have opportunities the next three, four, maybe five weeks here in the twin cities to get after fish and make the most of it. So, I mean, what I always tell people lately is I'm like, okay, if you're concerned, here's what I've been telling people. You know, give the team at In-Town Marine a call on Waconia, right? Give us, give the team a call. This is what they do every day, all all day. This is the, their life for years. And just ask them. Be like, okay, what are you seeing? What are the conditions like? Because there's hundreds of people on that lake ice fishing right now. And it's it's maybe more of a reality shock to hear it from somebody that lives and breathes. Because they're going to straight up say, our conditions are fine. You know, the world's not coming to an end. We got lots of great ice fishing ahead of us. You know, and that's maybe it's a comfort thing because I think 95% of ice fishermen maybe don't understand the dynamics of how it works. They look, they drove by a lake yesterday and they said, Look at all that water on the lake. It's over. It's over. Right. And here you are going, Okay, I've been around the block enough times too, where it's just like, you know, that's kind of a mirage, right? That's, 
that's that doesn't mean the ice is gone, right? That just means, yeah, we got some water on the ice. But, you know, again, I always revert back to if someone's not comfortable, I'm never going to force someone. I'm never going to call someone. I'm never going to make them feel bad. But my messaging right now heavily is we got some opportunity to catch some fish. And we finally have the conditions, I think, when we get this next little cold snap and everything locks up, that we want, where we can drive around where we want to be. We can get to the spots we want to be. We can we can drag our hub house in the back of our pickup truck and set up for an evening crappie bite. Like, that's happening now in the next few weeks. Yeah. The JMO Podcast is sponsored by Long Haul Trucking. Long Haul's always looking for more skilled professional CDL drivers to join their team. They're a people-first company, and it shows. Their employee-owned, asset-based fleet of over 350 Conestogas is among industry leaders in pay and benefits geared towards long-term success and growth for company drivers and owner-operators. If you're a professional driver or a company that wants to ship product with the best in the business, get a hold of Long Haul at 1-800-255-5153 or find them online at longhaultrucking.com. Long Haul, running on the power of promises kept. Yeah, and and if you could choose, like if if you only had to choose, you know, three weeks of the season that you could have, like it, like if you had a gun to your head and somebody, you know, you're only going to get three weeks of ice fishing this year, man, I tell you what, it'd be tough to beat the next three weeks, you know, of the year, right? Like like the, the this this later ice or, or getting close to late ice into ice out. I mean, this is an anticipated time of year, especially for the hardcore guys and and you know just anybody that's it, it just hasn't had enough ice fishing this year, which I think is plenty of people, especially where you're at. Everything that you've been through to now, um, what have some of your most recent outings been like? Uh, and how are you kind of forecasting for the next few weeks? Like, what, do you, what are you looking at this year, this year's later ice to be since uh, for how this year has been? I mean, lately we've been still chasing, like you said, them basin bites, uh, been relying on, uh, trying to find schooling fish, you know, doing that kind of stuff. My structure bites have been hit or miss, you know, and I don't know if that's because these fish just aren't staying put or, or what's going on. Or like you mentioned, there's different factors at play that are causing these fish to move around. I mean, I am finding on some of these basin bites that they're relating to certain parts of a base and a certain edge. And then in that regard, they might stall out for a period of time. So I don't want people to listen to this and be like, oh, man, that just sounds like a lot of work. I don't want to do that. I would say that's that's foobar. I mean, it, you could go out there and still find sedentary fish. I've done it many times to where, yeah, you're going to have your schools of crappies that are just cruisers. And then all of a sudden you punch down that brake line and all of a sudden there's a little turn or something different. And, wow, look at all them fish. They haven't moved, right? They're just stacked up. So those those little those little uh light at the end of, t- end of the tunnel situations are are prevalent on all the lakes we're fishing. You know, I've, I've had a lot of guide trips in hub houses. We had a, a really cold spell a couple weeks back where it was 10, 15 below zero to start the day many days in a row. And yeah, we hunkered down in hubs. That's kind of the nature of the beast. I had, you know, X600 set up or whatever and three, four anglers in each one and we caught fish. So that opportunity still exists. I mean, my big thing right now is if I tell anybody to go out and chase down fish is, is yeah, you're going to want to be prepared to put in some effort. I'm sorry. That's just, that's just the game, the world we live in. Now, if you don't want to, you want to set up the fish trap, you want to sit down with your buddy and, you know, have a cold one and, 
and see what happens, then great. The, the beauty and success is in the eye of the beholder. I mean, that's, there's nothing wrong with that either. I was, I picked up my son from a buddy's house, my, uh, my fourth grader the other day and uh, his buddy's dad met me at the door. Hey, how are you doing? Yeah. Yeah. You know, I'm like, yeah, I was out fishing today. He's like, Oh yeah, I haven't been out this year and I'm going to try to get out, you know, whatever this weekend. And I'm like, Oh yeah. You know, what are you going to chase? He goes, I don't know, man. I usually just set up the fish house. I usually go with a buddy and we drink a bunch of cold ones and we have a good time. And yeah, if we catch a few, it's awesome. I'm like, Oh, that's cool, man. You know, like there's no wrong way to do it. So you know, my advice is if that's your forte, if that's how you want to do it, my advice would be to prioritize the time at which you go out fishing, meaning get there and be fishing from, you know, three to five thirty prime time sundown, because then you usually can stay in one spot, whether it's a hole or a basin for crappies, they turn on the feed bags. There's that twilight bite that, that prime time we call it. Well, if you're going to sit and hunker down with a buddy and have a good time and yeah, you know, maybe catching fish is a byproduct at times, then my advice would be probably don't do it from 10 o'clock till 2 p.m., 10 to 2, you know, when fishing might be slower and require you to move around a little more. Pick your window and get out there before the sun goes down and be set up on what you think is a productive spot so you can capitalize on it. Uh, But right now, like I said, you know, we are into the, my favorite stage of ice fishing. I mean, you nailed it, man. Like right now until ice out is my favorite wind. It might be arguably my favorite time of year to fish open or ice is, is that mid to late February through mid March, the fish are hungry. I think, I think you're going to see a really good bite in the twin cities the next four weeks. That's just my assumption because like I said, we've seen a little more of a finicky bite. We have not seen the fish really feed bag it up like they should. And I think it's got to go right. It's something's good. It's got to happen. And I think what we're going to see is we're going to see a really stellar late ice bite in the Twin Cities. So th- those anglers that are still uh, willing to go out there and do it and put forth the effort, I think will very well be rewarded. So if that's any kind of teaser out there for anyone listening, that that's my assumption. And I've had, I've talked with a bunch of guys about this in, in recent days and we're all like, man, I think late ice is going to be on fire. It's going to be one of those years where it's like, yeah, we got, you know, kicked in the gut most of the ice season. Sure. We had conditioned this condition that whatever, right. You know, well, you know what, here's our, our, our pot of gold at the end of the rainbow. And that's kind of where my head's at. Cause I'm already seeing some excitement happening here. And like I said, I'll, I'll be out the next four days. I I'm very confident. We're going to see some quality fish caught. We're going to see some numbers caught. We're going to see some, uh, good conditions. We're going to, we're going to be back at it, but you nailed it uh, 10 minutes ago when you said, you know what, this is a magical time of year. Uh, this, this midwinter to late ice is when the magic happens. It is what we wait for. It is what we talk about. It's what we talk about in the summer, you know, yeah. all late it's, it's cool and it's going to happen. It's not, not going to happen. Yeah. Late yeah, totally. Gonna and I think it'll where we will be ice fishing in March in the Twin Cities. Looking back on your tougher bites, on your tougher days this year, what do you feel like you had to do to get get the bites? What do you feel like you did this year to have success when times were tougher? Was it you know modifying presentation? Was cadence a huge deal? Location, noise on the ice, like like what was what was your recipe for success when times were tough? Yeah, that's a great question and. And there was a little bit of consistency. Some days that, 
and I'll give you a couple stories. I mean, I'll tell you for one, spring bobber has been our best friend. A spring bobber has been necessary in a lot of our bites this year where, or a noodle rod. It depends on your application. If I'm fishing a pinhead pro, which is a jigging spoon, let's say a 32nd ounce or a 116th. Yeah, I'm fine fishing a noodle rod. Uh, it flexes enough. I can see what I'm doing. But if I'm getting down and dirty on finicky bluegills, crappies, whatever, you know, tungsten packed with maggots or a silky or a finesse Mackie plastic, whatever it might be, then I'm going to want to jump into that spring bobber world. As a fishing guide, my clients have lived with spring bobber rods in their hands. So that's been a big one. I think we we can definitely make sure is rung home that, you know, look at what you're using for a rod. Are you using a, a too stiff a rod, too stiff a line? Are you feeling that bite? Because we are experiencing uh, generally a neutral and negative bite most of the time. So you want to be able to detect that bite. So you want a spring bobber rod that you can see. You want to have two or three pound test line. Uh, you want to have uh, those sorts of things. You want to start looking at size 12, even size 14 tungsten jigs. You probably want to have a bait puck of, of micro of, of maggots or your longer with you. You're going to want to probably have an assortment of micro finesse plastics. You're going to want to have things like that, that maybe in the past you're like, oh, I, I just, I grind it out with my aggressive stuff. Sure. And I do too. I caught a gazillion fish this year with a pinhead pro, which if you ask most people, it's a spoon for panfish. That's an aggressive tactic, right? been something but we also saw a situation like i said i'll give you some stories where then reality kicks in we realize these fish at times um seemed to outsmart us we've had bites where we're sitting on top of fish we're marking fish we're force feeding them size 14 or 16 jigs and then all of a sudden i drop a pinhead pro down just because i need to change something up mentally and boom i start catching them and it's like that goes against all logic I got all these negative fish, real slow, really inactive. They're stalled out. They're not moving around. They're they're not biting anything aggressive, and I can barely get them to bite ultra-negative presentations. Then all of a sudden, I drop down something aggressive just to clear my mind and give me something different to stare at, and boom, I, I trigger two or three bites. And you're like, huh, well, whatever I just did triggered these two, three fish into biting. So what what's there to that? And then all of a sudden <laughs> – as you can guess, the next 20 minutes, yeah, they don't even look at the pinhead pro anymore. Yeah. yeah. But being adaptive on the fly, though, right? It's just like constantly just going against logic after going against yep. logic after going against logic. Yep. Yep. And moving and moving around. And, and uh, you know, I always tell people if I'm on fish and I'm on fish that just don't want to bite and I've tried two or three, four or five things. Now, the big thing is I tell people if you're on fish and they're not biting – before you leave those fish, because the hardest part about fishing in general is just getting on top of fish, finding fish. That is the battle we play most of the time is just, okay, you got to be on fish to catch fish, right? So if you're on fish and, it's, and you're tried and true is not working, it could be anything. It could be the Panhead Pro. It could be a Tika Minnow. It can be a dropkick jig. It can be whatever your confidence presentation is. If they're not biting it, start changing things up before you call an audible on, on a spot. That's just me. Like grab a different rod. Get a different lure, change your cadence, change, go from a bright chartreuse glow to a black jig, right? Make some potential drastic changes, drop it down. You might be surprised on, boom, oh man, whatever I just did triggered these fish. And you can see them on your Vexlar start to quiver, get more active, like, holy cow, these fish are getting charged up. Where if you get complacent and you keep force feeding them that size 10 chartreuse drop kick, 
because that's what you use and that's your go-to. And if they don't bite that, they don't bite nothing. I would tell you, okay, go to a size 12 all black. Okay, that's not working. Well, maybe try a spoon or maybe try a, you know, a swirl drop, a totally different jig with a different action or go to a vertical presentation. Okay, what have you been using? Plastics. Okay, well, tie on two little maggots and kind of force feed them. Give them a dead stick approach. And if you start going through some of those things and just nothing's working, that's when the audibles call. And that's when you go, all right, spot check. We're going to move down the brake line and we're going to try structure. You know what? We're going to actually try a different part of the lake or we're going to go to a whole new lake. You know, yeah. especially here. Like some people in certain regions are maybe going, Matt, I got three lakes in an hour of me. That's it. Then I get it. But for me in the Twin Cities, I got a lake around every corner. So you can easily go, you know what? We've tried this for three hours. I don't feel good about it. Let's move. We actually did that two days ago. Five of us were out trying to get some content on the lake that should have been going. Five really good anglers. I mean, you know, four guys as good or better than me. And we went out there. We chased down fish. We all had forward-facing sonar. We all had the right gear. We all know what we're doing. None of us are new to the game, right? We get it. And we got whooped. I mean, five hours of sore backs and cutting holes and burning through batteries to maybe have 10 fish total that aren't even anything to look at. And, and we called an audible. We decided, do we want to keep beating our heads on this lake and look at other spots or let's just move to a new lake? We did that. One of the guys had a hunch. Let's move to a new lake. Let's try this. And in the first 10 minutes, I got a 16 inch crappie. Yeah. We got a two and a half pounder. And I looked up and I'm like, and it was, I'm like, this audible was necessary for us to find success 100%. And if we would have stayed in that lake, like I think too many anglers do and said, you know, let's keep grinding out. We haven't checked there yet. We haven't checked. Sometimes a lake's just not going that day. And sometimes it happens. Right. And the next day it might be. So we call them audible change lakes. And I caught the biggest crappie of my, of my year so far, just a moose hybrid that was two and a half pounds, super tall, beautiful fish, uh, absolute epic photo fish. And it was because we decided as a group, Audible, New Lake, clear our brain, try something different, major success. Man, it's unbelievable what that can do. And the industry has really like, has taught me that because I'm just like so many other anglers, you know, growing up, it's like, if it's not going on your lake, you know, it's hard enough to decide to move a hundred yards down the brake line or, you know, you, you've, you feel like you got so much equity into this spot, but ultimately if you want success, like, there's just certain things you just have to be super okay with and making those big moves either on the same lake um, or, or moving lakes. If, if that's available to you, you know, for you, you know, you know, looking back on that for you, like, like where did you build, where, what portion of your career, what were some of your experiences that really gave you the confidence to just make those decisions so easily? Because it's, it's not like something that we're born with, right? I mean, were you mentored into that a little bit, or do you have some old war stories about, you know, kind of getting beat up that have really given you the confidence that those big moves or, you know, given you that realization that those big moves are necessary? Yeah. I mean, yeah, we have time on the ice. I mean, that you can't replace time on the ice and experience. And I've been guiding for 20 years. And in my early stages of guiding, I was so addicted and, and possessed by ice fishing that I fished so much and I would try things out of the box. And I remember in my early years of, of 
doing this seriously, I remember trying so many things that didn't work. And I remember being okay with that. And I think our current generation of anglers, and I don't mean that from an age demographic, I just mean in general, whether you're 15 or 55 and, and just what we have available for us today, we, we want instant gratification. We want instant success. We want that easy button, right? And, and I remember so many days where I would fish four lakes in a day, I'd come home exhausted going, huh, that, that kind of sucked. Yeah. <laughs> like, oh yeah. I didn't catch much, but I also remember doing some of those things at other times and finding Pater. Like, you know what? I'm going to go way up there, look at a lake map. I'm going to go find some inside turns off the beaten path. I don't think anyone's touched this yet. Maybe I'm an idiot for doing it and finding gold and being like, Oh boy. So what, what I learned 20 years ago was, you know, you can do unreal, unnecessary things or unrealistic things for realistic outcomes. And, and I think we get too caught up in what everyone thinks we should do. Like, Oh, shantytown USA, that's where the fish are. Or we got to go out to the deep water. We got having run a fishing league for 20 years, 20 plus years. I see some of the best ice anglers on our planet compete and we, where you see these anglers fish on a body of water is nowhere where nowhere near where you see most of the local hammers. And I'm talking, you got the, the local heroes that though, this is my lake. I've been fishing it for 20 years. And then these guys in the, in the UPL are fishing totally different spots in these local hammers and crushing them on what they bring to the scales. And what that has told me and what I've seen firsthand in my own experiences is you need to be unique. You need to be willing to go against the grain. Uh, you need to be willing to make big moves. Do you strike out sometimes? Do you crash and burn? Yeah, of course you do. But it's also teaching you that those big moves can be successful, that those big moves can happen. And those big moves can be that that thing you need that day to go, wow, this day was good because I did something drastic. And sometimes it's a comfort thing, right? We don't want to get out of our comfort zone. England. Me personally, I, I love jumping out. Of, I love trying new things and, 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 you know, breaking away of the fear of the unknown and, and going, you know, this could be something special, but also be okay with it might not be. It, it, I might, I might strike out, you know, but, you know, like I said, half the time you don't. And I think you just have to be willing to know that and be willing to understand that. And ultimately as cliche as it sounds, have a little success at it once in a while. Yeah. Because confidence is everything. It's just like when I talk to people about using plastics for the first time, or let's say a pinhead pro no bait, because everyone's like, oh, you don't tip it with anything. I'm like 90% of the time, my pinheads have no bait on it. And everyone's like, I just can't do it. I'm like, well, it's a confidence thing. And what I tell people, you build confidence by having some success, right? So when you're on a good bite and, and your pinhead packed with maggots or your, or your tungsten packed with maggots is firing, fish are chowing it, right? That's when you put on that plastic or you put take the bait off your pin and drop it back down, watch that fish destroy it. And then mentally you go, huh, I don't need bait to catch these fish. They're eating it just the same. And then the light bulb starts to kick in. Then you start to tell yourself, I wonder if I go out again tomorrow and I start without bait. I wonder if it'll work. Well, then you go out tomorrow start without bait, you start catching fish and you start going, well, I don't need to put bait on this or I can just use a plastic or silky. 
and then you build your confidence. And that's how I train all of my, my clients. And I look at it that way. As a fishing guide, my job is to train you. My job, if, if you call me and, and you're like, oh, I want to catch a limit of crappies, you take me out. With, with all due respect to those clients, I don't want them. I don't want that guy or gal. I want somebody that wants to learn. I want somebody that wants to take, take away what we learned that day. And maybe we learn together. I've learned from my clients on many occasions where I walk up and I'm like, what are you doing, man? You're really catching them good. And he's like, well, I, I kind of found this new technique. I'm like, oh, show me. I've, I've sat down on my knees next to a client and watched them fish and learned many times. And what, what, I, what I, where I'm going with it is I want to train these guys or gals. I want them to leave going, having learned something. And when I train you on how to not use, rely on bait, it's easy. You get on top of a school of fish that wants to bite. You show them that it doesn't matter if you need bait or not. And you build that confidence. And then there's nothing better than the next weekend when they call you and they say, Hey Matt, I went out. Um, all I brought was tungsten and plastics and I did very well. Thank you. And I'm like, no, you did that. I just, I just brought you, you just, you show up to practice. You put the work in. I just helped coach you, but you showed up to practice and you put the work in. And now look, you know, now you're scoring goals in the game, right? So like, that's kind of how I always look at it is, is my role as a guide and a mentor and a, and a, and a promoter is I'm just here to help train you, you know, and, and as teammates in the sport of fishing, as corny and cheesy as it sounds, like we're, we're ultimately helping each other. We all, I mean, every time I'm fishing with someone, you know, I mean, I just, I was just fishing with Griff, Adam Griffith the other day. And I'll tell you what, like the, I, I caught that crappie because of him. You know, I'm a, I'm a prideful guy, but I'm also I'm also a humble guy. And yeah, that dude is showed me some things and is so good at his art that I caught my biggest crappie of the year because of him training me. You know, and I'm and I, I've been guiding three times longer than him, but still, the guy's better at certain aspects of this game we call fishing than I am, and the dude showed me how to get it done. And as a result, I catch a giant. And after I caught the fish, dude, I just looked at him and I just kind of smirked and smiled. I'm like, and he kind of walked away smiling like, see, if you have any fishing memory that you would like to commemorate or have questions about commemorating a fishing memory with a replica made of any fish that has ever graced your net. Get in touch with Rizavi Fish Replicas, owned and operated by Jamie Rizavi over in uh, New Rockford, North Dakota at Rizavi Taxidermy Studio. You can find them online at RizaviTaxidermyStudio.com or find them on Facebook at Rizavi Taxidermy Studio. You can see the pictures here at the JMO headquarters in Devil's Lake. We have some phenomenal replicas made by Jamie and his crew hanging on our walls, which we absolutely love. They look absolutely perfect, just like the fish that were reeled in that day. And every chance we get to go in and admire them and tell those stories and share those stories with each other, we absolutely do. Again, if you want, or if you have any questions about getting a fish replica made to commemorate any great trophy memory you have of fishing, Get in touch with Jamie Rizvi at Rizvi Fish Replicas. You won't be disappointed. It's it, it's 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 rewarding for any angler, right? When you kind of unlock the code, it's the same thing. I I couldn't agree more with how you started it, it, with like building confidence in 
say lake jumping or making those big moves is is the same it's just another category of an achievement as it is getting away from bait you know using spoons for panfish and you know leaving the maggots at home kind of a deal right like they're, they're all these little achievements and they all count for something you know right. like you know like you weren't going to catch any more beating your head against a wall on that on that lake that where things weren't happening and you made that big move and it was probably an easy decision for you anglers to make because you've been through it. But so many, you know, people that were, that I, you talk to in the wild, people you talk to on the street, it's like to tell them that you fished more than one lake in a day, much less more than one lake in a week is like, you know, it's kind of blasphemous for them to hear or think about for their own selves. But that, those were huge decisions. And then, you know, yeah, like, there's an achievement with, you know, catching a limit of nice fish, fish in a different way, but it all counts for something because fishing without bait, you turn over more fish, you're back down the hole that much faster. You just got to learn how to do it. You got to learn how to do it with confidence and all those decisions, man, they, man, it's uh, you're so spot on. I just dwell on those things. I overthink that in my own game so much. Yeah, um, and we've fished, I've fished six lakes in a day, you know, I mean, it's, especially right when we can drive out like our trucks it's one thing if you're launching a boat right well you got to go to a boat launch you got to relaunch you got to reapply i mean there's you know it's it's more difficult but on the ice when you're not like taking a snowmobile and you're just driving around your truck it's very efficient to lake hop oh you know we just gave this lake an hour and a half i don't like what i'm seeing there's another lake three miles down i like you can drive off go on to the next one so this is the time of year where efficiency you make up some efficiencies because yeah i can drive my my half ton you know three quarter ton truck right out onto the lake and if it's not going after i hit spot a b c d i can easily make a move i don't have to pull the boat out of the water and strap it down and go to the next lake and drain everything and dry it off and no i can just literally drive off the lake drive the 10 minutes to the next lake or 20 minutes wherever it might be drive on hit all your key spots. I got a GPS mounted in my, in my truck. Cause I'm that dumb and I'm that addicted. Like, yeah, I got, I got a touchscreen GPS in my truck. Yeah. People always laugh at me, and, but I'm sure a lot of the guys that love the sport ice fishing do no different than in your boat, right? I'm driving around with my pickup truck, my GPS. I got all my waypoints. I can do this, do that. Drive right onto the next lake. I got my, my map chip in there. It's got my contours. I can go right over the top. I can punch my hole. I can scan. I can, I'm very efficient. So if there's ever a time of year, the next few weeks is definitely when, yeah, make those moves. Don't be afraid. This might be that chance to build confidence. This might be that window where you go, you know what? I'm going to do that. Even though I don't, or I don't plan on it, I'm going to, I'm going to make it a point. Now, don't get me wrong. You pull up to lake, your first lake and you start pounding fish. Yeah, man, lean on, have some fun. But if you're having a mediocre or sub average bite, my advice would be, well, this is your opportunity or a chance. You know what? You know what? I'm going to move to another lake. I'm going to just jump to another lake, reset, recharge my batteries, listen to the radio on the way, maybe grab a Snicker bar, cruise over, put on some ACDC, you know, whatever, re- rechannel focus, new lake, new opportunity. All right, get my hands dirty again. And you may go, man, that was, I needed that. That was the right move. And look, and I'm on some fish. Man, I'm even on some good ones. They're biting what I want to feed them. That was a good move versus sticking it out for four more hours on Lake One, only to drive home going, 
man, my time's precious. And I just kind of wasted a Saturday. Um, didn't catch much, not having a fish Friday night versus going, ah, maybe I make a move and it works or it doesn't, but you know what, what I'm doing now is not working. <laughs> I know that. Oh what I'm yeah. Doing now, and you've proven that for sure. And you know, talking about the, having the success too, it's like, you know, if it's a good day, if it's a quality day of fishing this time of year, as we're coming up, uh, you know, the day length is a little longer, right? So that kind of factors into how much time you have. If you know, if you got the whole day and you know, if it is one of those days where you got them going and you've, you've kind of wet your whistle or you're feeling pretty good about it, you know, it, that might be your chance to go to the next lake. If it's, you know, talking about success, right? You got to set yourself up for success to build that confidence, you know, so it's like, you know, lake hopping is a serious decision to make when the times are tough. But to build confidence to do that and make that decision to move, you know, having that success, you know, pick a good day. Pick a day when they're swinging, you know, get out there, lean on them, have a little bit of fun, but then do it. Jump to that next lake where you're kind of anticipating that success and that might, you know, help you. Anyways, that's just my little nugget. I also think you should, uh, anglers should strategize before they go fishing and, and i'm always doing that i'm always looking at navionics on my phone you know like let's say tomorrow you and i are like hey dude i'm gonna meet you at minnetonka and go chase some crappies yeah i'm gonna sit on my phone probably tonight look at you know one two three six eight spots i want to hit kind of strategize based on maybe pattern conditions whatever on where we want to go uh, maybe have a couple rods rigged up kind of have a game plan on okay if the stars align this is how I see the day going and this is how I feel it'd be successful. Well, I also at that same token will look at another lake or two nearby and go, okay, if it's not going, um, this is where I would probably go next, hoping that I don't need to, but just preparing and planning so that if the situation arises that we start at seven in the morning at 11 o'clock, we're like, dude, <laughs> you're looking at me like, where did you bring me? Because this is the barren sea. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Where yeah. I go, you know what? I got another lake down the road. Or, hey, I got another part of this lake. We're going to drive around the other end and access on a different spot and hit this other, you know, basin or mud flat or weed line that I have that already kind of in my brain. I already kind of have that, that those one, two, three audibles ready to go. Um, I think that's important. Doing your homework so that you kind of have a plan on – Okay, if if a curveball is thrown at me, how am I going to adapt to this? Again, here we go, going back to that word adapt. Adapt. Yep. Oh, 100%. And doing it with so confidence. Just, you know, do it. I'm big, I'm big on, okay, you know, let's go start on Minnetonka. But if they're not going, you want to zip over to Waconia or whatever else? You want to go do this? Yeah, sure. Like you kind of get set yourself up for, you know, best case scenario, worst case scenario, and have an answer for both. Yeah. Yeah, that is a super good nugget to take away is just is having a game plan for plan A, B, and C. It's it's not about losing confidence in plan A. It's just that's what time on the water and experience does to you guys. It's just like you, you always have that plan B and C ready to go in your back pocket. Fish with confidence on all of them. Um, you know, don't, don't, don't have a scapegoat, but it's like when it comes time to make that decision, you don't want your knees to be clacking together going, Oh man, what should we really do? You got to make that decision. You got to pull the plug and you got to be going. Um, yeah. that's, that's how that goes down, man. Absolutely. That's a fantastic, uh, uh, token to close out on. Um, we're super good on time. So why don't you promote anything that you want to promote, um, anything that you want to sign off on, but, um, we've got this thing in the can, man. And I appreciate your time, Matt. 
Yeah, I mean, no, I always I always appreciate you guys too. I mean, you're crushing it and putting these out all the time, getting some awesome uh, anglers and, and entertainers on on board. No, I mean, I'm looking forward to grinding it out the rest of the year. Hopefully, we put some big fish topside. Super pumped up. You know, my I would my party advice would be, you know, be willing to adapt, work outside your comfort zone, get aggressive, uh, try some of the spoons, try some of the swimming baits like tikka minnows, uh, try to chase down some of these bigger fish. And, and I'm relating to our Twin Cities crowd. That'd be one of my pieces of party party advice. Um, get out there, uh, chase down some fish, try something different, and again, focus on the, uh, adapting if things aren't going as planned. That's it, man. That's it. We just don't have any time for anything else, which is sad because, I mean, yeah, it's like, God dang, this is the time of year to get jacked up. This is the time of year to save a little bit, save a little bit of gas in the tank. Just be be willing to, to, to go hard right now. And for so many of us, I'm hoping that this is one of those years that everybody just, you know, they just didn't get out enough because of whatever conditions or whatever. And now that we're getting some stable weather, it's the right time of year we can melt some of this slush and this cold snap uh you know can seal it up a little bit um access will be good and so there's no excuse after that it's just get out and get after them and there's a lot of untouched stuff so far this year as well as yeah i mean it's just every single body of water that you're anybody is thinking about right now for later ice is uh that's that's the deal just just make a plan and attack and uh learn something I love it, man. Well, I'll let you go for real this time, Matt. I appreciate the time so much. Another great one in the can, and uh, we'll be in touch, all right? All right, brother. Thanks, guys. 